We're back up in this bitch, folks. We're live. Welcome in. Episode 178 of the G-Maker Main Show. It is your host, Gabriel Hernandez, joining you here live at the moment. When you guys listen to it, it won't be live, but we are live as we speak. It is Wednesday, March 6th. 2019 already in the month of March um, March I think is the birth month of the G Meek and Rene show which marks another year added so we've been doing this since 2015 it's really exciting so it's an exciting month it's an exciting year there's a lot going on and I'm excited to sit down with you guys on a Wednesday morning 9 a.m. Pacific time for those wondering Thanks for joining us. And for anybody that doesn't know, let's let you know for a second. Let's educate. We are available on Spotify, the newer family for our podcast. For podcasts, we're available via Spotify. We are available via iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, iPhone users, apps, the, the Apple the Apple Podcast um, podcast app on your phone. I said that twice. Why the fuck did I say it twice? Google Play Music, um, available on Stitcher, if I'm not mistaken, um, amongst many others. So that's that, folks. And thank you to Anchor once again for hosting this amazing podcast. Anchor is the home of podcasting. You want to start podcasting, you just got to sign up. It's easy as fuck email account, good voice, and password of special characters. And the rest is pretty much A, B, and C. You can connect the dots. It's as easy as fuck. For anybody that wants to start their own podcast, I strongly suggest visiting www.anchor.fm slash start. If you're brand new, if you're like me that wants to spread my knowledge and voice of whatever it is that I'm talking about, Anchor is the app for you. And if this sounds like an ad... God damn it, I'm trying my best. It's not even an ad, though. That's the fun part about it. So, like I said, anchor.fm slash start for anybody that wishes to spread the knowledge of podcasts. Because podcasts are definitely something that's very popular now. And a lot of people have podcasts. And there's a lot of different voices out there. A lot of different people who have different takes on different situations that go on in the world. And, you know, quite frankly... The world is taken over by podcasts. It's taking over the audio community. So anybody has phones now has the ability to listen to people's podcasts, to go running and jogging, listen to people's podcasts, to be at work, be on break, be doing something, be doing homework, schoolwork. It doesn't matter what the hell you're doing. You have the ability to listen to podcasts. They're accessible 24-7. Um, they're free. You download them. You get to listen to them offline. There's so many benefits of podcasts. So that's why I'm saying anchor.fm is a good way to get your podcast out there. You don't have to worry about getting it or posting it on YouTube or, uh, you know, putting it on SoundCloud, having to pay monthly for, for a service, unlimited recording. Because on SoundCloud, it only gives you a certain amount of minutes for me. And, you know, throughout this whole time that I started this podcast, I really was like thinking about the fact that, you know, I have to pay for this. Am I going to pay for a podcast that I don't get paid for is for free that I do for free or how am I going to find alternatives? But you know, I've went through a couple homes, um, for this podcast that finally landed in the best one, best shape and form anchor radio amongst the greatest, if not the greatest podcast app of all time, the easiest one to use. It's efficient. It's consistent. If you need help or assistance, it guides you through it. It talks to you. It knows your name like Siri does. Obviously, because you sign up with your name and whatever name you want to go by or what alias that you choose to go by, it automatically calls you that and guides you through, points you to the right direction. So there's really no wrong way you can go with it. So I just really wanted to explain that real quick in the first four minutes of this podcast. Mind you, we don't have to stop at an hour. We have a lot longer now to uh, actually talk because we're recording it on a different platform and we're uploading it to Anchor. That's one of the beauties about it. That was one of the things that I enjoyed about when my phone wasn't working properly with the Anchor app and my audio wasn't getting captured. So... 
I had the other audio recorded so I can upload it and we have no problems with any data getting corrupted or anything else like that. So it's pretty exciting and I'm pretty damn fucking stoked that we found an alternative alternative to that a while ago. So enough of that. Um, today on the G Meeker MMA show, folks, we got a lot. Quickly run down the list of today's schedule of what we're going to be talking about. Obviously, UFC 235 just wrapped up. John Jones defeated Anthony Smith by unanimous decision. And in the co-main event, welterweight title fight, Tyron Woodley versus Kamar Usman. Kamar Usman dominates Tyron Woodley to become the uh, UFC welterweight champion. You know, the torch is passed on over to Kamaru. Um, Johnny Walker defeats Misha Shurkunov um, in a matter of seconds. Johnny Walker's first, our second victory in a row in a matter of under a minute. He improves to 3-0 and inside the octagon. Um, big fights on the horizon for him. There's a couple of big fights at light heavyweight now to make because of, uh, of you know, of the way that light heavyweight's moving, so we're going to talk about that. We've got a lot of contenders, a lot of people in the hotbed at 205 pounds gunning for the champion, John Jones. So it's like um, there's a lot there's a lot going on, and there's a lot to talk about. So it makes it to where it's a very exciting time in the sport of mixed martial arts. Because, you know, for the longest time... Um, Light heavyweight was very shallow. Now we got guys like Tiago Santos. Um, we got guys like Johnny Walker, uh, Dominic Reyes. Anthony Smith was up there, but John Jones just defeated Smith. So, um, you know, we just got a lot of fresh faces at 205 pounds. And now we're getting John Jones fights back to back. Is it, are we back to the old days? That's my question. Well, are we going to see John consistent? So we still have the whole drug testing thing, you know, two drug tests contained uh, um, uh, pictograms of, of that uh, substance that John tested positive for, and it's been lingering in his system, quote-unquote lingering, and, um, you know, that whole thing. So I don't know what the hell is going to happen with all that drug testing stuff in the future. I'm going to look at the positives, and we're going to talk about John fighting these hot contenders. I mean, Corey Anderson. Forgot Corey Anderson. He's on a streak. He's beating some good guys. He's beating the dangers, danger zones of uh, 205 pounds. He can go over to Shara. He beat Elira Latifi. Corey Anderson is as legitimate as it comes. So, what happens at 205 pounds will be very interesting. We'll talk about that today. Um, drop down a few weight classes to 170 pounds. The long-awaited illustrious UFC debut of Ben Askren was successful. Uh, not without controversy, but Ben Askren at the end of the day is 1-0 and inside the octagon. Um, you know, withstood a barrage of seriously hard punches, bombs from Robbie Lawler, vintage Robbie Lawler. I don't think Robbie's stock drops at all from that fight. You know, he was class act after the fight. He was a little upset at first at Herb Dean. You've seen the thrill and agony video. These guys, you know, these guys put their, their, their they fight. They're fighters. They put their heart on the line. They put their body on the line, their mind, their, their their health. And, you know, at the end of the day, it was all class from Robbie Lawler. Ben Askren wins his UFC debut by a bulldog choke and, you know, stakes his claim. He backs it up. Years and years and years after wondering who Ben Askren or how Ben Askren would fare against the best of the best inside the UFC. For the longest time, he was dominating over in Asia, over in one championship, over in Bellator. And uh, we never knew how truly good he was until we saw him fight inside the octagon. I mean, I mean obviously, you know, he, he doesn't look like a striking tactician or anything like that. There's nothing that he does striking-wise that, you know, got everyone excited but the thing was that everyone talks about when it comes to Ben Askren is his grappling, his, his, his dominant grappling. He's been wanting to fight George St. Pierre for a very long time. A lot of people have uh, marked up a, a potential fight with him and Khabib. You know, it just seemed as if he has this unstoppable grappling and, and, and ferocious um, a, a top game to, to the point where no, nobody can stop it. And he dominates world-class fighters on the ground. So an uh, exciting guy like that. 
with a guy like Khabib, with a guy like Kamaru Usman, that just creates a lot of uh, potential fun matchups for Ben Askren in the future. So, like I said, Ben Askren makes a successful uh, debut. Um, like I said, Johnny Walker, successful. Um, a big story uh, of of that night, too, was John Jones. Obviously, like I said, going back to um, what I was saying is consistency. It's good to see John Jones back in the mix, back and, back and forth. Um... You know, he t- defeated a very tough guy in Anthony Smith. Uh, obviously, landed that illegal knee. Anthony Smith. A, lot, a, a big talk about it was Anthony Smith's class. His, his Smith. Excuse me. Anthony Smith's class. Anthony Smith's class. Excuse me. I don't know. I had a tongue twist here for a second. But um, because he could have easily chosen to take the DQ victory, and Mark on his record, he would have a victory over John Jones. 99.5% of the world know what that truly meant. You can't say he won. And he's a fighter's fighter. He's a true warrior. He's Lionheart, obviously. And he's one of the best in the world and still is one of the fresh faces at 205 pounds. It's not too far away from a title shot. This could be his, his shining moment for his career. This could be something that, uh, that really, really, you know, something that really, really makes his career better going forward because he lost. And, and because he lost, this loss could be the best thing that's happened to him. So um, so pretty much, you know, for John, the, uh, a couple fights for him. Um, obviously, the couple uh, of fights have been talked about um, was Tiago Santos. And, you know, lingering is a third fight with DC. But I don't see that one having too much legs versus a contender, maybe like a, a Corey Anderson or Tiago Santos. All signs seem to be pointing towards Santos. But if that happens, then I will be completely happy with that. I will be completely fine with that. If you look at Tiago Santos's body of work, he's put the legitimate work in. He's legitimately got some serious skills. He was a murderer down at 185 pounds, made the moves to 205 pounds, and has already put on some firefights. Uh, that fight with Jimmy Manuel was crazy. Um, a great fight with Eric Anders. Um, he, he, I mean, he has a win over Anthony Smith. He's one of the. I mean, if you if you take uh, this into consideration, uh, a feather in the cap for Tiago Santos is the fact that if you see both him and John, and you look at their opponents, their performances against one another, when it comes to Anthony Smith, so Tiago Santos' uh, win over Anthony Smith versus John Jones is. Uh, uh, let it be known that John Jones didn't really get touched in this fight, but you know Tiago Santos and, and Smith was a back and forth, fun fight of the night worthy type of fight. But um, like you know, obviously John's goal isn't to be really touched like that in the fight. But I'm just saying, performance wise, Tiago Santos did finish Anthony Smith. So if he is the next challenger for John, I'm all for it. It's real interesting to see John fighting. The younger guys, not the younger guys, I think um, Maheta's like 34, 35 years of age, um, but it's nice to see him fight the young breed of serious contenders, I mean, you see these guys, you know, that kind of, you know, had imposing figures and stuff, Maheta's an imposing figure and stuff like that, but, um, like, it's not, the, it's not the old Lions, like, you know, the Vitors of the world, or, um, or, like, the people that are somewhat past the prime or former champions or uh you know nowhere near not a long, they're not young hungry lions anymore so john was fighting all these legends defeating all the best legends at that very time you know no disrespect to that because he was fighting the best fighters that were available at this time and yet john continues to do that in 2019 continues to fight the best fighters available at this very time so that's exciting. If that happens, hopefully it's uh, maybe International Fight Week. If anything, we can see John fight there. That John Jones is Las Vegas worthy when it comes to headlining. So I think that will be a, a very interesting one. Um, I'm not saying Corey Anderson isn't a good one as well. Corey Anderson definitely has quietly been putting in the work. Um, he, he's looked good. He's outclassed people that have been on a murderer's row. I mean, glo- glo- I mean that, that's, that are murderers on a murder- murderer's row. They're murderers on murderer's row. I mean, they're killers. 
Look at Glover Teixeira, the body of work that he's put in throughout his entire career. Came in the UFC on a 20-fight win streak, knocks out the likes of Ryan Bader, um, fights the best guys, like he's fought Phil Davis, Glover Teixeira, Corey Anderson, obviously now. I mean, the win over Ryan Bader was big. I mean, Glover's fought for the world title. He beat the brakes off Fabio Maldonado. Glover's had a lot of good fights. Alir Latifi, one of the major threats to Daniel Cormier. Physically, I mean, I feel like Latifi is short and strong and has a lot of power and is a great, very good wrestler. So that was one of the potential scary matchups I felt like for the light heavyweight champion. It's a hard matchup for, for anybody. But Corey Anderson, like I said, was able to put the body of work together. Um, definitely has looked fantastic. He's definitely made some serious improvements since, since first... Uh, being in the UFC, winning the Ultimate Fighter, obviously he won the Ultimate Fighter in uh, impressive fashion. I think he was, was. Did he beat Mac Van Buren? Who was it? He he stopped the guy he fought for the Ultimate Fighter, and ever since then he's had his ups, he's had his downs, his his downs, excuse me. But he's slowly been putting the work together, and I definitely think he's title worthy. If not Tiago Santos, I think if they make Jones versus Santos. Maheta, uh, not Maheta, um, Corey Anderson will get the winner of that. I just don't think that Corey Anderson will make the jump over Maheta Santos in this current state of what the UFC seems to be going for. So that's my thoughts on that. Let's move on to Ben Askren. Now that he has a win over Robbie Lawler, obviously, um, what's next? What we would like to see next? Um... I don't know. There's a lot of matchups. I mean, if you go back to the signing of Ben Askren, the trade, the whole thing that happened, um, you know, he was calling everybody out. But now we see that he beat a ranked opponent. And now that he beat a ranked opponent, he's jumping into the top 10 for sure. I haven't even looked at the rankings yet. But uh, Ben Askren is in the top 10 in my head. Definitely has bigger fights ahead. Um, looking at it, one potential matchup that he, that has been creating some steam since before Ben was in the UFC was a fight with Darren Till. And he is, Ben is going to be going to uh, UFC London. UFC London's coming up. Uh, Darren Till will be taking on Jorge Masvidal. Great fight. I'm excited for that one. Huge fight at 170 pounds. Um, Till coming off a loss to Tyron Woodley for the world title. Um... First loss in UFC, first loss in MMA. Jorge Masvidal is coming off a long layoff. The last fight was, I think, Stephen Thompson. Um, and he went to do that game show, I guess, uh, on, I don't know, on, on, on Spanish television. I don't know what it was called. But, um, you know, so that's an exciting fight. I can't wait to, um, I can't wait to see what happens in that one. Uh, what else? Bit, but going, yeah, going back to it. Okay. So Ben's going to be doing media, not media, but he's going to be the guest fighters, UFC's guest fighter. So um, will he be in attendance? I do think he definitely will be in attendance for the Till versus Masvidal fight. Hence, if Till is successful, that creates a lot more steam because Ben just won his last fight and now we need Darren Till to win a fight and boom, there's a next fight to make for the UFC. Obviously, Dan, uh, Dana White Dan, Dana White stated that he would like a rematch between Robbie Lawler and Ben Askren. Ben Askren does not seem like he's he's down to he's down to do it. Not because he's scared. It's just like he didn't want to fight Robbie Lawler to begin with. Because if you go back to it, he's creating promo for different way other fighters. Darren Till, everybody he's talking shit to. None of those people were the people he ended up competing against. He ended up competing against uh, a guy who he had mutual respect for. A guy, obviously, not the easiest matchup in the, in the world. Obviously, you see what Robbie was able to do, especially that slam. But it was a guy he had no beef with. So it, it was more along the lines of, oh my God, he just jumped in the murderer's row in a way. So it's kind of like we didn't get a buildup. We didn't get a promotion. We just got to see the fight. We just got to see what Ben was able to talk about. We didn't get to see, like, you know, the back and forth between, like, him and Darren, for example. We didn't get to see a, that kind of buildup, but we did get to see a fantastic fight. Um, he was able to withstand all the uh, bombs that Robbie was able to. Obviously, he took a lot of damage. Uh, he was hurt the most we've ever seen him hurt in his whole entire career. More than the Luis Santos fight, but we did see him get 
pieced up by Robbie, but, you know, credit to Ben for having the chin that he did and uh, keeping himself of, uh, keeping himself uh, afloat during, uh, during the storm. So that, that, that was great for him. Like I said, how does he match up with Darren Till? I think it's interesting because I, I still got to see a little bit more from Ben, but I, I, I have seen like, um, like, what, he, what he's been able to do, basically, has been fantastic. And I'm convinced that he is as good as they say. And I think definitely, if he gets tilled down, he poses a lot of problems for him on the, on the floor. His grappling. He's strong as fuck. He can get you in bad spots. And for a guy who's not ready for the ground game, and as we've seen in Till's last fight, he didn't know what he was doing when it came to what Tyron Woodley was uh, uh, of withstanding on him, like w- w- anything that Tyron did on the ground, Till just didn't seem to have an answer. So a guy with a lot better of a, a not not better of a ground game than Tyron. Obviously, they may be pretty equal uh, on the ground when it comes to all that. Um, but like for for a guy as good as Tyron on the ground, and a, a guy as good as Ben on the ground, grappling, uh, wrestling doesn't matter. It's, it's a dangerous fight for a guy like that because Darren Till lost by submission to Tyron. And who would have thought that would have happened? Obviously, he dropped him in, that, uh, in there. And um, then then he goes from there and submits him, lands those devastating elbows on the ground. Uh, and then he gets a submission uh, victory after a while, after unloading a lot of punches on Darren Till's big head. But um, there's no question. I'm not saying that Till couldn't beat Darren to, uh, uh, Ben Askren. I mean, if you look at it, Ben Askren just faced the cream of the crop. Ben Ben just had the most ferocious striker in UFC, in UFC's welterweight division, unload on him, and he was still able to stand. So, I don't know stylistically. I mean, Darren Till and Robbie Lawler are two very different kind of fighters. Darren Till is kind of reminiscent to Wonder Boy, and you know he has that long style. He has the kicks, he has the punches, he has a straight left hand, um, and he's he's he provide a different. It wouldn't be nearly as chaotic, in my opinion. But when Darren Till hurts you and potentially, you know, gets you to the point where he finishes you, it's it's vicious as well. You know, it, it's vicious in its own right, but it just doesn't seem like anybody's nearly as vicious as Robbie. So Ben's seen the cream of the crop in the UFC for the very first fight that he's had, and I think that anyone else, I mean, Kamaru Usman, I mean, Kamaru Usman, we'll talk about him in a second. But I just think that you know, I think that Ben. Fair is very interesting in this welterweight division. So it's really interesting to see what would happen if he's able to nullify the striking of Darren Till. I mean, Robbie Lawler was a wrestler. Robbie was a wrestler. Robbie, obviously, you've seen what he did with that slam. He knows what he's doing. He's been he's been fighting for a long time. He's been wrestling for a long time. Um, Darren Till didn't grow up wrestling. He didn't have a wrestling background. So I think it would be a lot easier for Ben to grab a hold of of Darren Till and, you know, get him to the point where he's uncomfortable and, you know, put pressure on him and potentially get him him to the point of submission. Okay, moving on to potential matchups for Kamaru Usman. There's a log jam at 170 pounds right now, as I'm saying, in a way. But there's a, a lot of fresh faces now because Tyron Woodley is no longer the welterweight champion. I'm a little upset about that. You know, I did shed some tears. I did was a little emotional watching UFC 235 for the losers. And, you know, thrill and agony videos really pull your heartstrings when it comes to caring about <laughs> your favorite fighters and stuff like that. But um, for Kamaru... There's a man whose name we haven't mentioned. That would be a fun fight, interesting fight. Would have loved to see Woodley compete against this man, but none other than Colby Covington. We get Colby Covington, and uh, that's the next big fight because Colby and Tyron sold a lot of people. A lot of people were sold on that fight. A lot of people were excited for it. A lot of people, you know, there's a lot of hype. There was a lot of uh, people talking about it, and the fact of that that they were talking about it, I mean, it generated a lot of steam. It created a lot of buzz. That's the next fight we want to see. We want to see Tyron fight Colby. We want to see Tyron um, 
or we want to see Tyron shut Colby up, or people that hated Tyron wanted to see Tyron beat, uh, get beaten by Colby. But, you know, at the end of the day, it was a win for the fans. And so when Kamaru versus Tyron was announced, everybody was upset about it because that's not what we wanted as fight fans. You wanted to see Colby versus Tyron. And that's still a fight I'd currently like to see. But right now, I think it would be fun to see Kamaru versus Colby because they both have a history. They have some beef going on. There's a little backstage TMZ video. There was when Colby was in the, uh, getting some crab legs, apparently. And, uh, and him and Kamaru. Ali Abdelaziz jump in the mix. That shit was a funny video. That was some funny shit, man. I enjoyed that. It was pretty funny. Um... So, like I said, yeah, it has a lot of steam. Kamaru versus Colby is very interesting, too, because if you look at the body of work that Kamaru Usman has been able to do in his career so far, definitely has he's definitely generated uh, a lot of you know. I mean, not I mean not buzz. That's not what I'm trying to say. Like, what I mean by that um, is like what he's been able to do, his skill set, his his, his his wrestling, his top game, comparable to a Nigerian version of the lightweight champion, Khabib Nurmagomedov, his, his top game, his ability to put pressure on you and, you know, utilize his wrestling and grappling to a point where nobody can take it, in a way. Khabib does the same thing, and just a lot more vicious. Khabib is, is nasty. Khabib's real nasty. Kamaru's nasty, too, but... Um, uh, but, like, he's nowhere near as nasty as, as, um, as, as, as Khabib, because Khabib just wants to smash your face, and that's the thing, he just wants to, he, he wants to smash your face, he wants you to go home looking different, when you go home to your wife, he wants you to look a lot different, Kamaru obviously, has a, a crazy amount of t- a crazy amount of of cardio and energy, amazing top game, knockout power, very thick, very strong. In his wrestling exchanges, everything he was able to do in that fight was picture perfect, one hundred percent A plus, fantastic performance. Dominated one of the greatest welterweights of all time in the form of Tyron Woodley. So obviously, Kamara Usman wasn't talking out of his ass when he said that he's a serious problem, and he proved that he is a serious problem. There's not many people that I feel right now can beat Kamaru Usman. Hence, if Colby Covington beat Kamaru Usman, goodness gracious, we have not been respecting Colby for years now. Well, not years, but since kind of Colby kind of blew up and won the interim title, was talking ever since Colby was talking about Tyron Woodley, and none of us knew about that. I never knew that Colby trained with Tyron Woodley. I never knew nothing about that. So when Colby started to talk a lot more, that started to get me to know who he was a lot more. I mean, he lost to Warley Alves. That's the only loss he has. But other than that, Colby's looked perfect. He's won an interim title. He's talked a bunch of shit to Tyron Woodley, and. And here we are. Now, we're getting Colby versus Usman next. I think it's a very interesting fight. I think Colby is a little more... I don't know. I just don't know. I mean, he uses his top game as well, too. He's vicious. He can put you up against the cage. He can grind you down. He can beat you down. He can strike with you and then wrestle with you. <laughs> Striking to wrestling. Just as he did against Rafael Dos Anjos. And if you do look at the work that Colby and Kamaro has done... Colby's beaten two people before Kamaru Usman has. Kamaru Usman gets Damian Maia after Colby beat him. Kamaru gets Rafael Dos Anjos after Colby beats him. So everyone's sitting here and talking about the performances. This is what I'm seeing. And this is what Colby has been saying. And this is something that I legitimately feel makes a lot of sense. If you look at it from a fight perspective. Technically, if you want to be technical about things, Colby did beat Dos Anjos and beat Maya before Usman did. Why isn't anybody talking about Colby's performances against him? Everyone's just so full of hate and negativity and, and low IQs to the point where they don't understand Colby's body of work and realize that this man has some serious skills and could be the next thing and the next person and the only other person I feel that can beat Kamar Usman if it's not named Tyron Woodley. I mean, it's going to be different for like uh, for Wonder, like a Wonder Boy fight, Wonder Boy versus Usman. Now, the fact that um, Tyron Woodley lost opens the door for people that we thought maybe wouldn't have a potential 
hopes at a world title shot because Woodley was a champion. Wonderboy wasn't touching him. Darren Till's not going to touch him. But now that we're getting a new challenge, a guy that no one's been able to stop, obviously, but it would be interesting to see some new and fresh matchups, and that's what we're getting with Usman, with Ben Askren, with Colby Covington. So Colby has some serious skills. Colby is as talented. He is as hyped. He deserves all the hype. If he can beat Usman, he will be the man. Interesting fight. Both guys legitimately have skills. Both guys are known for their cardio. They're known for wearing people down. They're known for beating you up, using the wrestling, grappling to tire people out, break them down, beat them down, striking the wrestling. Same same scenario. Really interesting. Can't wait to see what happens with that. Interesting shit, man. 30 minutes in, folks. We're talking for 30 minutes about that. I didn't really have anything else. I didn't know. I didn't come in here exactly with a game plan. I just want to talk about UFC 235. Um, on top of that, um, what was it? What was I going to say? I was going to. I just forgot my train of thought. But what I was going to say is that man, I've been, I've been really, I've, I've been doing real good lately. Um, I've been focused a lot on some stuff. There's been motivation's been higher than ever um my drive has been higher than ever and, and and if you guys follow my posts and stuff you know what i'm talking about i don't even have to say it um this is a different podcast for a different day this specific topic but man I, I just can't wait to be able to do what i love to do train fight compete prove to the world prove to people for something I've been saying for so long, man. I have been wanting to fight and compete since I was 14 years old. And and years later, 2019, since 2010, I was 14 years old. 14 years old. Well, no, I don't know. Yeah, back in 2013, I was 14. But when I first started watching it, I was probably 11. So 11, a kid that was 11 years old who grew up from nothing... I was a, a, a kid that grew up from nothing, a guy that grew up from nothing, didn't have his family growing up, didn't have his mom, his dad, um, had my brother, but it wasn't as often as I could, because we were both away from each other, uh, we, we grew up from a troubled past, we grew up from a troubled past, and throughout my whole life, I've, so far, I mean, like to, up to that point, to present day, that I was away from my family for a long time, because, not by choice. It's just that my parents weren't the best influences, and you know, my my dad had this whole problem with my mom, and this the whole thing happened with them. They were split. Um, their kids were taken away. We were placed in a system. We were placed in the system for the longest time. So I wasn't able to. I was a troubled kid, just moving from house to house, uh, people to people. I was never able to find comfort within those places. So that resulted in me being a very upset guy. But, you know, just time went by. Time went by. I still lived a good, uh, a lot of time, you know, went by. I, I still had a good childhood. I still made a lot of friends. I, I kind of see maybe fourth through sixth grade were some of the best years of my life. I enjoyed it deeply. Um had a lot of good friends, I had a lot of fun, a lot of interesting memories, I wrote about them in a notebook, uh, I had a lot of interesting experiences, I did a lot of things a lot of kids would do, um, I was able to watch television, I watched all the favorite TV shows that people talk about as kids, I don't still remember all the movies I've watched, and you know, I had a good childhood as a kid, but it was a troubled childhood, because I wasn't able to find comfort throughout this time, so during my time in the systems, um, I, I, I came across the UFC on television, and I never, I didn't even know what the fuck it was at the time, I just seen it, I seen two people in the cage, I guess there was a guy that worked there that was, you know, the new guys like Tito Ortiz and stuff, so I had always wanted pictures of Tito, that's kind of how I got into it, and I was, I was 11, 11 or 12 at the time, 2010, started, 2011, remember when John Jones won the title against Shogun? As crazy as it sounds, John Jones won the belt back in 2011. So, going from there, I 
this is this is my story. I'm kind of just breaking down some story of how I got into martial arts for those who are wondering, what the fuck is this guy talking about? But I started watching it, man, and I started getting addicted. I seen the number, UFC 140, UFC 142, 143, next one, next one, next one. I can't even tell you how I got addicted to it. I just got addicted. I got addicted to watching it. I got addicted to being a part of it. Um, and for me... I, I've been watching the sport. I've been obsessed with it since I was I was underage. Since I was since I was eleven, eleven or twelve. Since I was fourteen, earlier than fourteen, I've been wanting to fight and compete. Um, and what I've been through in my life, I don't think is is anywhere. I mean, obviously, like everyone's been through things in life, but I feel like what I've been through and everything that I've seen in my life has all generated up to this moment. And continuing moments and the future, 2020, 2021, and the future and beyond. But the, my whole life generates to this moment. So, I mean, going from sleeping in, in friends' cars just so I can make it to work on time because where I lived, I didn't have a car. It was over five miles away. It took over three hours. The traffic was always crazy where I lived. It was hectic. I didn't really know nobody. I was in a state that I didn't know. I wasn't familiar with the place that I was living. I had a bad relationship with someone. Everything was all fucked up. My priorities were all off the charts in different ways more than one in a bad way so my priorities weren't where they should have been and it really caused for a lot of confusion a lot of things being slowed down in like my, my life so meaning like there's things that i wanted to do and i wasn't able to do them because i slowed things down due to other things going on so i wasn't really able to I wasn't really able to do those things, wasn't able to really hang out because I didn't have my prior priority straight. I didn't have what I truly wanted to do straight. But yet one thing that I kept consistently through this entire time was my love for the sport, my love for the game, watching these athletes, studying these athletes uh, for hours and hours and hours, hundreds of fights, hundreds. Of, I mean, I've watched hundreds of fights. I've watched these guys. I've, I've studied them throughout this entire time. You know, the motivations, where they came from, how they started, every fucking inch of the book. I've studied this. And when I didn't have nobody or anything, I mean, I'm, I'm not a guy that hangs out with a lot of people or a guy that, you know, wants to have the most friends or have this kind of girlfriend or all, all this other stuff. I mean, I, I, I do. It is something that will come one of these days. I mean, Women-wise, don't seem to have the best of luck when it comes to that. Unfortunately, that's a different story for a different day. Not my fault. It's just a lot. Basically, it's a headliner real quick. Not everyone's on my level. And I have a mindset and I've developed a strong mindset that's that's above and, and beyond a lot of people, a lot of average people. And my belief in myself, my dedication to mixed martial arts, my dedication to improving my life, my dedication of drawing inspiration from world-class athletes like Dominic Cruz, uh, um... I mean, just everybody. Dominic Cruz is one of them. Rashad Evans early on. Tito Ortiz. And throughout this time, I watched hundreds of fights, hundreds of fighters. And, and, and I could honestly probably say thousands, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, from 2010 to 2019, there's a lot that has gone on. And hundreds of fights, probably plus per year. As you think about it, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. Yeah, hundreds of fights, man. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of fights. Um... Obviously, joining, starting karate, doing that back then. I've 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 done karate when I was a young kid. Um, I mean, my I've found a lot of peace through martial arts, if that makes sense. And obviously, people are going to talk about oh, punching in the face or violence. Violence is um, you know, you shouldn't you know you don't want to center your life towards violence, but it's controlled violence in a cage, and it's not it's not the same. It's really brought me out of one of the worst of several worst spots in my entire life so it, it saved my life it gave me purpose it gave me a passion um I, like i said i came from nothing man i had nothing i had no friends i didn't i didn't have anybody that truly cared about how i felt i was in dark spots i was depressed i i didn't want to be alive i i, I, th I thought many times that it would be better not to suffer with all this shit and be a great guy and suffer 
because nobody cared or, or appreciated what they had in front of them, friends-wise, family-wise. I'd always try to put love into my heart and love people that were all around me. And I didn't get the same in return. So I just really thought that I didn't have purpose for a long time. But like the longest time in watching martial arts, I'm, I'm going to use it to get out of my heart spots in life. Um, I was a really angry kid. I've been obsessed with fighting. I've, I've always... Uh, I've always learned. I've I've trained with a lot of uh, a lot of people. I've worked with people. I, I've dedicated my passions. I've talked about the sport, my ability to break it all down, my understanding of the game, the fact that I'm young as hell, and I, I came from nothing, man. I'm, I'm a caged animal locked inside a fucking house, and I'm caged. Came from nothing, underestimated, not cared about. But a guy that has used his and is using past negativities, past adversities, and a lot of different things to motivate me to be better than I can ever be. There's no other name of it, the game. I'm talking about things. I'm saying these things. I'm believing these things I'm saying because why would I say that? I'm not, I'm not a guy that's going to sit here and lie to myself. I'm not going to sit here and tell people false information. But, you know, where I came from, man, it, 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 it was from the darkest of the dark. My family, my mom, everybody was from a very, um, really negative part of town. Gang activity associated with the wrong people, drugs, um, Everything, man. Drugs, I mean, murder, a lot of a lot of bad shit. I came from, and I was born right in the middle of it. Uh, I witnessed a lot of really horrifying things, and it was associated with many horrifying things. Not by choice. I didn't choose to do them. I was associated with them because I was a young kid that was confused and didn't know what the hell was going on. So I was a young kid. That didn't know what the fuck was going on. All these things are happening underneath my shoes. Under, not literally, but like underneath of everything that was going on. And I don't know. I don't know what's happening. It just, it just happened. All these things happened. You know. Now, now, now that I think about it, I'm thankful that in a way that I didn't know them. I didn't know my parents. I didn't grow up with them because if I had joined. And known, I would have probably been associated with the gang, um, probably been selling drugs, probably been a bad kid, probably end up in jail, maybe even dead. But when I found martial arts, I truly thought that this was fucking amazing. It was a purposeful feeling, the creativity, seeing all the different fighters, seeing how they're all different. It's fighting, and there's hundreds of fighters, and there's and there's uh, hundreds of different kinds of fighters, and there's different styles. There's jujitsu, wrestling, striking, kickboxing, Muay Thai, Sambo. There's a bunch of different styles of fighting, a bunch of different nationalities, a bunch of different people training. It's a good defensive tactic, especially if you have young kids, if you have a daughter, if you have kids that you want to train, if you want to train yourself. And, you know, it's a passion. It's wanting to be better at something. It's, it's proving to yourself that you can do things and you can get through adversities. Because if I listen to some of these fighters' adversities, you listen to a lot of them, you can find some common grounds with a lot of these fighters. You know, where they came from, how they can relate to you, their mindset, their motivations, and all that. And that's how I've gotten to this sport. I, 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 I've been associated with this sport for so long, I define myself through it. You should slow down, dude. Um, and, um... It's, it's really created a pathway for success for a lot of people. It, it brings people out of the depressions. It creates them, it takes them away from the worst parts of life. It gives them a reason to get up every morning, to be excited to go and work out, to be excited to go and train, to be excited to, you know, live life, make new friends. Now, it doesn't matter what it is you're going through. Um, if you can find a way out, if you can find a passion, if you can find things you like to do, that's the only things, that's things that I feel matter. And I think with martial arts, it doesn't matter which martial art you're doing. If you're doing something, you know, that's going to physically obviously make you feel better and it's going to help you in the long run. So I, I, I'd never used it to, I don't use it and I don't, I'm not planning to use it for violence but it is going to be there. And if that makes sense to anybody, meaning that I will compete. 
I will compete due to the love of the sport and, and, and being so fucking inspired and, and, and coming from, from nothing, absolutely nothing. And, and, and being able to tell my story, prove to the world, I mean, what I've been through in my life has absolutely been something that really has changed me for the better. And my involvement in sports, my dedication to the sport, my, no matter what I went through, whether it was a bad relationship, wanting to be dead, not wanting to be alive, not wanting to be here, not having purpose, not having motivations. But one thing that kept me up, the one thing that kept me up throughout every single thing that I went through, and the reason why I can go through all these horrible things in my life, I can suffer, I, I've been through some real bad spots in life throughout this time, and, and really, really, really bad spots, I mean, like I said, I was walking to work, in, in hot, blazing weather, and I, I've walked, I had to walk through rain, constant storms to get places, uh, I didn't have a car, um, hardly didn't really have too much money, I mean, the money I was I had, I was using to buy alcohol because I was depressed. I was using it to buy weed. I, I had rather had that than had food. I had barely just a minimum of food. I was working at a gas station. I was taking home the stuff on the roller grill every day at the end of the day. And that's what I was fine with. I was happy with that. So I don't know why. I was just happy because I knew that something was going to come later on. I knew that I had a purpose. And the funny thing is, going through all this stuff, I still had martial arts on my mind. I still had competing on my mind. I knew that this was going to be a part of my my journey. This was going to be something I'm t I've been talking about. And, you know, another part of that, I was moving from place to place. I was just trying to find the easiest way to get to work. And I had people, got, in some, got into it with some of the wrong people, not physically or anything like that. I just trusted the wrong people and relied too much on the wrong people. And I got fucked over. Um, promises weren't kept. I, I had a, a been promised ride to work every single day. $200 a month sounds too uh, good to be true for renting a room. I was just trying to find some closure within myself. Like, I had left California. I left everybody. Um... I went to a different state because I was troubling to find myself in California, just troubling myself around the people that I cared about the most. I didn't understand things. I didn't understand myself. I jumped into something that I shouldn't have jumped into. I made a lot of mistakes in my entire life, but one thing that I am committed to in 2019 and, and modern day and not going back to my past is becoming a better person than I used to be. I, I was never a bad guy. I ne never did anything bad. Never did never did any serious drugs or anything or got arrested or got uh, any speeding tickets or anything bad like that. I've just personally, I've trusted the wrong people. I've done the wrong things. I've made some bad choices in life, but I never got in trouble with the law. I never did nothing like that. I've just been struggling to find my purpose for years and years and years and years. And it, it hasn't it hasn't been the easiest road. Obviously, martial arts has been there. I've identified as that. That's my world. That's my love. That's my addiction. That's my drugs. That's my heroin. That's my marijuana. That's my alcohol. That's everything. Martial arts is everything to me. I wouldn't be here, literally. I would even be sitting here talking right now about this if it hadn't been for martial arts. And I'm not saying that to sound cool. I'm not posting about becoming a light heavyweight champion, becoming a champion, knowing that I can beat these guys, definitely feeling like I can be one of the best in the world, just itching and, and burning inside and dying inside to compete, dying to prove to people I'm one of the best in the world and I can be one of the best in the world and where I've come from and my utilization, my IQ, my, my smarts, my, my knowledge of the game, hours and hours and hours of and constant studying, constant evolving, um, my movement, my speed, my IQ, my knowledge, my knowledge and, and what I've been through. There's nothing holding me back. There's nothing. I, I didn't grow up with anything. I didn't grow up with all the best stuff. Could, could, uh, I struggled so much. I've been trying to find myself for so long to the point where I was depressed because I just couldn't find an answer.
I just felt like I was a guy that was getting walked over multiple times. And to the point, pushed the point where I didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do anymore. So when I solely sit down and try to accomplish goals, it's because they're things that I've wanted to do. And I'm just creating things I've wanted to do. And it's time for me to do things that I've wanted to do. The itch to compete hasn't been strong. I mean, the fact is, I've I've been going through, I've been gone through a lot of stuff. Um, I can't tell you when the tides turn, but I've really just think about the things that I've wanted the most in my life, and I feel that I should be able to do them, and I deserve to do them because it's all I got. I, I obviously am a very smart guy. Um, I'm, I'm talented at multiple things, other than. You know, talking, broadcasting on here is one of my top talents. But I'm a very smart guy. I have a great sense of humor. Um, I'm in the media. I'm on Twitter all the time. Obviously, you can see my retweets. I'm always on social media. I'm always having fun. I'm I'm enjoying of memes. I love all that funny pop culture shit. All the stupid shit that comes out. All the crazy artists and all shit like that. I'm a normal human being like everybody else. But I'm just a guy that was trying to... uh, find a purpose, and, and I've, I've, I've found it, and it's not that I'm talking about this right now, it just came out of nowhere, like, oh, I want to fight, I want to compete, no, this is stuff I've been thinking for years, and believing, and, and saying for years, because I know it's true, I'm not going to lie, I'm not going to say some shit that's going to make me sound stupid, my confidence, my belief in myself, it's come from going through shit, and getting through the hardest spots in fucking life, I mean, potentially, I mean, having, having a roof over my head, having a, like, apartment, having a place, like, having your own closure and stuff, to not having it, to having it pulled right underneath you, um, to not, almost not having anything at all, to the point where you, you just want to work, you just want to prove, you just want to work hard throughout the hard times, I didn't have a house to go home to. And I was, I told my friend, asked my friend, work the same shift. Hey, man, is it okay if I uh, take a nap or just re- refuel at night, refuel if I can be here in the morning? And I, the thing is, I had went to the gym, too. I had a gym membership, so I was taking Ubers to to the gym every single day. Obviously, it was working out, but, you know, I was tired. I was I was just, I, I was down. I was drained. Uh, I would take showers there and shit like that. But, um, yeah, and I would go back and forth to work. And, you know, I, I would still work and still have the same spirit, still be the same happy guy, you know, entertaining. I like to talk to people. I like to entertain people. I like to, you know, I like to, you know, I have a lot of charisma. I have a lot of charismatic, real caring kind of guy. And, and I still kept that same energy throughout the time. It doesn't matter what you're going through in life, but you, if you find a reason to smile and you find a reason to be happy, you can get through it. I mean, from walking to work, almost being hit by cars every day. Uh, riding a bike to work every single day, riding in the rain, having semi-trucks drive so close to you every single day, um, not having enough money to eat, you know, having to be put on welfare, having to have food stamp cards, having to go through all that, not being as fortunate, not having all these great and nicer things. But the thing is, I don't, make, I don't need the fanciest things in the world. I'm a simple guy. Um, I really, really enjoy the simple things in life, and I have a really good head on my shoulders, obviously we have our own struggles, and we have our own relationships, you know, I'm a normal person with normal things, but, you know, there's just, there's a competitor side that's always been there, and, you know, for the longest time, I've been worried and focused on other people, and building relationships with other people, focusing on people that I shouldn't have been focusing on, making mistakes that I shouldn't be making, trusting people, investing in time in people, that I should have been investing in, and this has been an ongoing thing for years, because I wanted it so bad, and I kept failing at it, and I kept failing at it, and I kept failing at it, and I kept trying to find ways to fix it, well, maybe the next person, she had a fat-ass booty, that is like one of the fattest booties I've ever seen, fat, but it's so slim, like a girl is slim, and she has a fat-ass booty, looks like she does a thousand squats a day, Jesus fucking Christ, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, my confidence comes from, like I said, my ability to get through hard times, get through 
tough situations in life and, 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 and push through and still keep that same energy, keep, keep dreaming of the same goals. Uh, every fight I watch, man, all the fight cars gets me pumped up. I get fucking ready. I get excited. And I, I jump into it, man. I, I'm excited about this. I'm excited about competing. I'm excited to prove myself in the training room. I'm excited to prove my IQ and prove all these damn things to people and tell people things that are true. Because all I speak is truth. I'm not playing any games. I'm not coming in just to think all these false things. I'm coming in because I know that these things are true. And I know that based off where I have been and how I have come through life and stuff, that these things are, it's a given. It's here. I'm ready to work hard. I'm ready to push. I'm ready to push myself through the toughest of the tough situations. And life situations are tougher than anything you're going to do in a fight. I just happen to be good at both. I, 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 I've been here since I, I'm a young guy. I, I've been here since day one. I've gone through as many things as I've gone through. I've had my life and my troubled past. Finding my passions. Finding things that really make me happy. And I found millions of things. There's a bunch of things rather than fighting that I'm good at rather than anything else. And the thing is, I'm the dark horse. I'm the guy that that's going to come up from this. I'm the guy that's going to make something out of everything that I'm good at. So right now, I am in the business of chasing and doing the things that I've always wanted to do since I was a young kid. And, you know, I'm to the point with people, to the point... Where I, I don't put people in front of myself anymore. I've made that mistake for too many years. I've dedicated too much time to people that didn't deserve it. And now it's time to dedicate time to myself. And the fire has been burning since day one. Since I've been a part of Miss Martial Arts. I have been so fucking dedicated. And so fucking eager to train, to fight, to compete, to dominate, to smash, to show people... And you know, I have a very serious hatred for people that are stupid as fuck. The society, the way society is, the way people are. Uh, I carry myself. At high, I carry myself at a very high, uh, high level. I really think that you know a lot of people are very childish and very stupid. And there's a lot of dumbass people and a lot of horrific things that that are uh, part of there in this world that we are surrounded with a lot of hatred, a lot of other different things that have gone on. But, you know, I've just had so much anger inside built up since I was a young kid and a lot of hurt. I've had, I've been hurt so much in my entire life and, you know, I've been hurt by a lot of people, man. I've, I've done a lot of things, a lot of great shit for people in life and I have not done nothing back. I've sacrificed things. I've done things for a lot of people in my life and I haven't gotten anything back. So, I, I know that my purpose is here because I can go through all these things. I can almost feel like I want to kill myself. I almost feel like I don't have a, a passion. I don't have a reasoning to be there. But if I look at those things that I've done, the good things, it doesn't matter if I've been hurt. It matters about what I do with what I've been hurt with. I've been hurt. I'm using the hurt. I'm using the motivation. I'm using it as motivation to put myself in the best shape form that I can be in and I'm going to come in there mark my words get in that cage ring it doesn't matter boxing kickboxing Muay Thai karate I'll be good at all of them I'll do them all I'll start with karate I'll be reminisced George St. Pierre the most dangerous people are the people that don't don't have any specific background but they come in and they're fucking excellent they're excellent just as Rory McDonald was I've watched Rory since I since since I was very very young. I've emulated that. I like his style. I like how he's good at everything, and and that's one that's the ways that I edge to be like, like 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 a Rory McDonald, like a Daniel Cormier. A very quick. I want to be very quick. I'm going to be very fast. I'm, I'm already fast as it is. My footwork, my movement, my combos, my strikes. My creativity, my IQ, my technique, my power, my precision, my accuracy. Everything is going to be exciting about this. And this is the fucking part that I love so much because I believe in myself and all the things that I've said in my life. Set goals wise for my life has come true so far. And I'm still accomplishing and smashing goals to this very day. So that's that.
Uh, I think that's all we're, we got for today, for today's podcast. I thank you guys for joining. And if you remember, like, towards the end of this podcast, you know, half of it was talking about my desire to fight, compete, train, you know, just my life story, little preview, basically, of that shit like that. It basically was, like, the whole thing embedded into one little, you know, 30 minutes or so. But, you know, UFC 235 wrapped up. We talked about that. Congrats to John. Congrats to Kamaru Usman. I hope to see some really exciting fights in the future involving them, involving Robbie Lawler, involving Ben Askren, Colby Covington, and a lot of interesting fights been recently announced too. I mean, Max Holloway versus Dustin Poirier is one of them too, so that's really exciting to see. Um, I can't wait to see what happens with that. I can't wait to see happens with everything else. So, like I said, thank you guys for joining in for episode 178. This is Gabriel Hernandez, folks, and we will be back next week. Join us for episode 179 next week. I really, really appreciate you guys and really take time to listen to that second half of the interview. If need be, I will put uh, I will put the other side, uh, the other part of the podcast that doesn't involve fighting on so everyone can hear it, okay? So, like I said, um, follow me. The handle's the same. Um, yeah. Uh, at G, the King, underscore, MMA, on Twitter and Instagram. At G the King underscore MMA. Hey, we made a new Snapchat too. At G the King underscore MMA, folks. We'll be back next week. Enjoy.